All right, you ready to uh, sink? Yeah. Uh, ready when you are, I think. All right. Yeah. Whoops. Okay. I think I did something bad to Audacity. What did you do? This looks weird. Oh god. But it's. it's did you break weird. Audacity? Why does it look weird? Uh, the toolbars look like they're in a different place than when I left them. Uh, oh. Uh oh. It's fine. It'll, it'll, you know. You got this, guys. You can Believe fix it in post. Yeah, you guys. <laughs> Alright, on three, I'll uh, say B. Oops, 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 oops. You sure you're okay over there? Trying to get my microphone a good, like, directly pointed in the face. That's that seems really a good change. idea. Yeah. Okay. Alright. Let's get this party started. Alright. Are my levels good? Oh my. Yeah, you're as good. long as it's not in the red. I don't know. <laughs> I, realize, I hope you realize I'm doing this just in the I know. Yes. It's hilarious. I know. <laughs> you guys. Oh god. Alrighty. Alright, on three. One. Two, Are you sure you don't want to check that? Like, oh, wait, wait, wait. I will one freaking second. kill you! One second, one second, oh one second, one second, one second. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Hang on. George, you're a piece of garbage. I do. There's no way to talk to your best friend. <laughs> That's the only way. You kidding me? So are you guys? Are you guys about settled? Yeah, I'm gonna make I mean, as long as you do it quietly and make no noise in the kitchen. Thanks. Tell Pablo this isn't a bread making podcast. <laughs> nah, that's okay. His bread's delicious. <laughs> All right. Okay. Now I'm ready, and I'm very sorry. <laughs> Nick, are you ready? Oh <laughs> 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 uh, man, somehow this is all going to end up in the beginning of the podcast. Uh, of course it is. <laughs> All right. Fans uh, deserve nothing less. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. All right. On three. All right. One, two. So did he say? Uh, what kind of oh my god. <laughs> did he say what kind of bread he was gonna make? Though? <laughs> Probably whole wheat bread. <laughs> Homemade. See, these are important details. But, but we're gonna do the beep now. He's so angry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> He's gonna have to sit through so much of this. Oh god, dang it. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> hey, whatever, man. It got the energy out. Uh, yeah. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Alright. Hello and welcome to the Tokadet Podcast. I'm your host, Yas, and joining me today is Nick. What's up? Kitty. Hey, guys. And George. I'm a bundle of energy right now. Can't you see it? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Bring it up, man. Bring it up. Hello. There, there we is. go. There we go. So this is our first episode of 2017. So very late. Happy New Year to everybody. Yeah, happy new um, year to you too. How's everybody doing? Better now than I was earlier. <laughs> Ditto. 
definitely glad to be hanging out with you guys. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, so before we start, a few housekeeping little updates. Um, okay. For one, we will start doing th- uh, one episode a month mm. uh, for these podcasts. Uh, we may add uh, a second podcast, you know, special podcast here and there, depending. We have a few projects that uh, we're putting together behind the scenes. So you guys will know as soon as, you know, they're ready to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, we will be changing up our format a little bit. Uh, we're going to try something new where our first segment of the podcast, we'll talk about current news, uh, just things going on in the Tokusatsu realm or whatever. And then we'll talk about our topic of choice in our second segment which today is Ultraman Orb. Yay! George, I'm going to need that, that energy up again. Yay! <laughs> hey, we're, you're not allowed to tell him how he feels about Ultraman Orb. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the opposite of what he feels about Ultraman Orb. Oh, interesting. But we'll see. That's a teaser. Uh, so yeah, um, let's start off the podcast. Let's talk about current news. Um up until a few days ago, I wasn't sure what we were talk- what, we- what we would pull, and then all of a sudden, freaking Power Rangers movie trailer pop drops. So I'm like, you know what? Definitely gonna talk about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, what did you guys think of the new trailer, the, the official first trailer? Because apparently, the first one was a teaser. It's a long teaser. Yeah, that's the thing. Like nowadays, teasers are longer than the actual trailers. <laughs> yeah, it's very weird. I'm not but- excited. I'm going to be really? blunt about it. I'm Go not. for it. Um, I don't know. I like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I I think it looks like a really cool action movie, but it, there's nothing that feels innately Power Rangers or, you know, Sentai about it to me. Mm-hmm. Like, really? that's just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Like, I feel I feel like with all of the Sentai and Power Rangers that I've seen, um, like because they are kid shows, like they have a a certain kind of charm to them that you know uh, kind of helps maintain that like you know this is enjoyable for adults to watch too, but it's definitely geared more towards kids. Like there, there's just a certain amount of charm a certain amount of light a certain amount you know and i feel like you like i was getting flashbacks to like the transformers movie trailers and the transformers movies like it's there's nothing that's aside i mean of course the power rangers you know sentai storyline is there but just it it was lacking it was lacking that charm that i look for in my sentai And there's, it's just, it, it's taking Power Rangers and making it just another action movie to me. That's fair. Yeah. I've, I've, I've seen a lot of people compare it to the Transformers reboots. Yeah, I don't know why that was, that, that was just the first, uh, the, what first, I was like, why am I watching Transformers? Like, that's just how I felt. <laughs> I don't know. For me, uh, this trailer actually made me feel a lot better about the movie. Because I knew going in, it's not going to be like a normal Power Rangers episode or even the first couple of movies. Like, Mm -hmm. I already had that set in my head that this is going to be a different take on it. They're going to have a different tone. 
so I was just hoping that there would be something there that is reminiscent of Power Rangers, and I think I think the character moments will have a, a bit of that. I think it will harken to a little bit of the later seasons than the original season, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, even aspects such as like them having powers outside of the suits, like that stuff that happened in later seasons, like in SPD or uh, Dino Thunder, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the trailer itself, I thought it did a really good job of sort of quelling uh, concerns that were coming up, especially because ever since the first trailer we had, all we had to go off of was toy releases and toy pictures. So right. the toys of the Zords, the Megazord, uh, Goldar, the Putties, like we saw that through toys and they all looked really crappy. Gotcha. Um, so I was like, I was getting less and less excited about it because everything just looked really bad. And seeing the trailer, some of them still don't look that good. Like, I'm still kind of on the fence with the Zords mm-hmm. and the Megazord. Uh, Goldar still looks really ugly. Mm-hmm. But I like the tone that they're using for, as far as, like, the character, like how the Rangers interact with each other. They seem, they do have a little bit of a lighter side to them. There's a little bit of jokes going around. Um, the suits look a little better in motion and in, in on film than they do in stills. The mm-hmm. stills don't look good at all to me. Um, but I don't know. I I'm I'm a bit more optimistic. I'm more optimistic about the movie now. I I feel like they're not totally screwing it up yet. They could still do it as far as like when we see the movie. Mm-hmm. But this trailer actually did get me hyped for the movie. So I guess I been excited for the movie since the first teaser um Mm -hmm. visually like i guess from the action side i'm not a huge fan of what's going on there so i think if this movie works for me it's going to be based solely on the characters and based on the teaser and the trailer i really like what they're doing with the characters they really do feel like they might be taking the you know the stereotypes that first cast was and just kind of updating them a bit to be a little bit more realistic yeah um, interestingly enough like well, when big trailers come out I, I like watching uh trailer reactions from people on youtube and one of the comments i uh i heard a lot was this is for kids this is a kids movie so it, it's it's really interesting to see how people can have such a different opinion on who this movie is for just based yeah. on what they've seen yeah. Yeah, I've seen both. I've seen people also say that, oh, this is for us, this is for us, or whatever. So, mm-hmm. yeah, cause I also like to watch trailer reactions, mostly just for the Power Rangers thing, just because like, that's like close to me. So, I want to see what other people think about it. Especially right. especially people who are not fans, mm-hmm. see how they look at it. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. And, and, and I think, like, I've seen a lot of people say that, you know, this is too dark or, or whatever, but I think maybe just based on random shots from the trailers that this is going to be a movie that kind of gives you this cast of screw-ups as they call themselves and by the end of the movie they're maybe not perfect but you know they're a lot better for what they've gone through and i'm hoping for the best that it'll be a movie that gives us a really clear journey of characters and giving us you know they're at point a where they're not great at the start and they're at point z at the end where they're you know still not where they need to be but they're getting there yeah yeah nick what do you think of it my expectations for this are about where my expectations for 
any new Transformers movie, the most recent mm-hmm. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies. Ooh. But, uh, Hollywood, especially, nostalgia adaptations in the first place are like, they're not in a good place. And the way Hollywood does things right now, they can't be in a good place, really. The last, like, actually good one I can think of was Speed Racer. And that's because the Wachowski sisters are brilliant. But right. you don't hire brilliant when you're trying to make money. You hire safe. So mm-hmm. they got this guy, Dean Israelite, because he did a like a young adult movie. And that's what this is. Because like you say, you see people talking about, oh, this looks like it's for kids. Or, oh, it looks like it's for us. Well, really, that's because it's directly in the middle. Because it's going for that Chronicle, Hunger Games, uh, Divergent. That young adult audience, and a big part of the young adult books is you hear about adults can enjoy them too. So it's going directly for that. And the problem is we kind of have like a unified young adult aesthetic right now. So Mm -hmm. they hired the dude who did one of those movies. And I was like, you know, do what everyone's been doing for this kind of audience. And, you know, I understand that. Like... They're making money, especially it's Saban. That's what they do. They need money. Mm-hmm. I mean, Power Rangers has its origins. It's it's recycled footage. Like we're not talking about something with that much creative integrity. So right. yeah, all I need is for this to be as good as Transformers One or Turtles Two, and I'll consider it a success. Like mm-hmm. if there's narrative coherence. I'll consider it a success. It doesn't have to be clever. The action looks fine. Like, that thing where uh, Billy was doing those three kicks in suit. Like, that's Power Rangers action. It's martial arts while they're dressed as goofy, brightly colored soldier things. <laughs> like, that's that's it for me. That is my bar. I see some little three martial arts kicks in the trailer. And I'm like, that's, that's it. That's about as Power Rangers as I need you to be. <laughs> so, yeah. And I do wish it wasn't CG, though. I mean, that's like that you, you can't. You can't. It's not. We're too far gone at this point. You know that. I know. You know that. I know. But, yeah. It's, um... And, I mean, it kind of helps that I'm not a Power Rangers fan in general. Yeah. Like, I stopped. But, you know, I think even people who are fans kind of need to get over themselves concerning certain things. <laughs> Like, we're, we're talking about Power Rangers here. And I'm not saying that because, oh, it's for little kids and baby. No, I'm saying that because we're talking about a show that used recycled footage. Like, it's not. It's not. It's it's bad. Okay? Right. It's bad. It can't be anything but bad. I mean, I uh, enjoyed I Power Rangers. I don't, I don't know if I agree with that. To be honest. I mean, it can like, try to be good. Like, RPM tried to be good, but there's there's a limit. And that's just, like, with the resources that they've been given, there's a limit to how much you can do when you're working with someone else's work. Mm-hmm. I think, you can, I think there's still a way for it to be good, even if you are adapting something from a different source. But I agree. this isn't an that's, adaptation. I'm talking about recycling. Because you know that's what it is. That's what you... Or at least that what it... It's, yeah, it's what it is most of the time. I know there was a lot of... They do more original fight footage now, and that's good. Mm-hmm. But still, your baseline is someone else's suit design, someone else's... Um, in someone else's fights. But I mean, like, I don't know. So, 
for me, like, that's what, like, we have whole fan fiction and fan art communities, like, mm-hmm. and there are some, you know, pretty great stuff. Writing has come from fan fiction. Like, most of the Sherlock Holmes uh, storylines that are out there, which a lot of them are fantastic. House is great. Uh, you know, um, they have the the other one with Lucy Liu, also really good. Like, I, mean, I love uh, Elementary, but see, here's the thing, though. Yeah, Elementary, that's the thing. But yeah. in, in the case of Power Rangers, what's unique about Power Rangers is we're literally talking about cut and paste, which is no, a whole with, other thing. with certain things. And I mean, like, that's, I don't know, like, that's kind of the thing with what I'm t- kind of getting at with uh, calling it, like, almost fan fiction type stuff, where you're literally taking certain parts that's, like, cut and paste, this is the thing that happened, this is what you're given to work with, and you're only changing certain aspects of it to suit a slightly different storyline of what you would want within that same world happening, as long as it still, you know, sticks to certain events and timelines that you have to follow. So, I don't know, like, I I see, I, I definitely think that it has potential and that there's stuff that they can do with it and they haven't admittedly but i mean i'm always gonna have a soft spot in my heart for mighty morphin power rangers just because it was like my first power Rangers show and it was great to for me i still love it i go back and rewatch it occasionally but that's that's just me yeah i yeah they they are you know taking footage and taking suit designs from Sentai, and yeah, it's definitely makes it a little less creative in that respect, but they also, there are a lot of seasons where they actually try to make it completely different yeah. from what the show is. And stuff like RPM is like a real feat just because like they took something as silly as Go Under and made it post-apocalyptic. Mm-hmm. Or taking, as we we were talking about earlier, uh, Mega Ranger, and they turn it into a space, a sort of a space story, even though that was kind of their impression from the photos, I guess. Um, even, like, to a greater extent, what they did with Lost Galaxy and Kingdom Man. Like, yeah. One was, one was a nature sentai, the other was a space Power Ranger show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think there's still a level of creativity, even if you are taking... Uh, a lot of the main creative stuff, like the suits and the uh, mech battles and stuff like that, I think there's still some creativity involved in writing a whole thing and adapting it to another country. And I think going forward, it's going to be really interesting with, uh, especially with Q Ranger, because that's you know the first show that's actually made with American Impact. audiences in mind as well. Yeah. yeah. So I think maybe a lot of the fights are going to reflect that. It's not just going to be, well, let's go to a Japanese audience. You know, what's going to appeal to a worldwide audience? You think they will have more input than just the designs? I don't think it's going to necessarily be input, but I think the crew will be thinking about this because you know it's not just Toei this time. Toei's not in charge of production. This is the first Sentai ever where you have a, someone totally different in charge of production. So. I think they might go into it thinking we need to think about the worldwide audience now. Hmm. Maybe. That'd be interesting. I mean, that this is basically segueing into our second 
story, which is Q Ranger, uh, which is coming out in uh, next month. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like George said, Bandai of America had uh, a bit of a say as to how as into the designs of Q Ranger, and also they're switching uh, the producer uh, the producer role, I guess. Yeah, so basically, Toei has always produced Sentai, um, but now it's TV Asahi, the channel that it airs on, that's producing Sentai. Mm. Um, And as far as the whole Bandai of America thing, um, basically their input is, in Japan, you have Sentai and Kamen Rider. They both target kids, but Kamen Rider targets like the older brother. In America, you don't have that, so they've been trying to target both audiences with one show. So with Q-Ranger, the idea was, how do we make a show, make a look that can target both audiences in one country without alienating an, an audience in the origin country? So I think the guy who the interview was with, he stated it like, this is basically what Captain America the movie was to Captain America the comics. It's... You know, you're updating the sort of very campy thing to a more modern look, but it's still very much. You look at it, you know what. You know, this is Sentai. This is Power Rangers. Yeah, I'm. I'm really interested in Q Ranger. Uh, basically, it's it is also the first Sentai to have nine uh, Rangers, basically, from the start. Whereas before, we've usually started with five, uh, three to five, and then it they'll add either another one to make a six or they'll add more i think the highest we've had is 10 is the highest yeah 10 yeah mm-hmm. i think it was kyoryuja had 10 um but mm. oh no i forgot what i was gonna say <laughs> um but it is a space themed show um we've got four that are human four none human of, characters none of them are no? human none of them are human. none of them are human they're all, they're humanoid but they're not human Oh, oh! Even even the Red Ranger. Yeah, they all come from a different galaxy. Gotcha. So we've um, got four that are humanoid, and we have five that are. <laughs> we have five hum- We have five people with human actors. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and then the rest are suits. So interesting is like they haven't revealed who's voicing the other four. Mm-hmm. Um, they really, really want to keep that under wraps for some reason. So I'm hoping it's either like really, really big name anime voice actors or maybe past Sentai actors. That would be awesome. Oh man, that would be cool if it was Sentai actors. It really would. I wonder who it would be. Uh, I don't know. There's lots of potential. Um, you know, there have been Sentai actors that go into into anime voice acting. That's true. Right. Yeah. So, um. So yeah, like the basic premise for the show right now is just it takes place in the distant future, galaxy's been taken over, and the Kyutama, which are their collectibles for the show, choose nine people from different galaxies, and they have to band together and save the entire galaxy. And the suits look freaking cool. They do. They I, do. I love the suits. Oh my god. Like, the fact that, like, they all have, this, there's different silhouettes for mm-hmm. each one. Like, everyone has something different. I think like four of them, four or five of them that have like a similar build. Well, half of them have like this unique thing to them, like the black. Uh, Ushi Black? Is it Ushi Black? Yeah, Ushi Black. Yeah. 
he's big. He's this huge hulking like ox, basically. And he's his his uh his suit reflects that. It just looks it just looks like very imposing compared to everybody else. Mm-hmm. Whereas there, like there's other one like uh, the pink one has wings. Uh, orange the scorpion he has a tail uh mm-hmm. the most interesting one to me <laughs> is yellow because he's a swordfish yeah and he has he has a needle point on his visor and i'm just wondering how that's going to work in like in action yeah like, as far as him like someone hitting him him hitting somebody else like just rolling like rolling on the ground like how is that that's got to really mess with the suit actor you know yeah, I yeah. wonder how many how many helmets they've broken already. <laughs> <laughs> like I think the the jumping is gonna be bad for it. Yeah, and then Blue Ranger's fur—it's like holy crap. Oh yeah, like his suit is not spandex; it's like faux fur. Yeah, weird. It's gonna be hot in that suit. Yep. <laughs> like holy crap. And you know, Yas has had this whole. Uh, why don't you explain it about like good shows, <laughs> good looking shows? I've had a theory for years where if a show has really cool designs as far as suits, then the show is going to suck. It started with uh, Wizard. Like, I love the suits of Wizard, and I think a lot of people love the suit the suit design of Wizard. But then that turned out to be a really boring show. I kind of want to say Goldbusters did too. But Goldbusters didn't suck. How that was kind of. A... <laughs> I still liked it, but that wasn't. The... Popular opinion, but it really did start with Wizard for me. Uh, Drive was the same thing where Drive had a really cool suit, but that bombed. Um, Ninja had really cool suits, that was horrible. Bogged. But yeah. then you have shows like Tokyo, who's like, I think their suits are pretty ugly, but it was mm-hmm. an amazing show. I don't know if I could say that with Zyoger though. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I love Zyoger's suits, yeah, to be honest. I I like aspects of their suits. I like I like Juo Whale. I think like that's what everybody should have been. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah. yeah that's what that's the one thing I'm worried about this show is like the suits look so cool. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid that it's gonna continue the trend where it's just gonna have a really bad story or it's just gonna be really boring. I don't know. I'm, then- I'm hoping for the best, but I'm cautious. <sighs> we'll see. We'll see. We've got a month. Then we get the show. Oh, no, it starts week after next. You're kidding. Yeah, today oh, yeah. is the penultimate Geodra episode. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, I have to, huh. really have to catch up. I really have to catch up. I don't know if I yeah. want to. Geodra's <laughs> <laughs> been know, really man. good. It, it's not bad, but it's good when I watch it, but after I finish an episode, I don't have that impulse to go right to the next one, so time builds up and uh i think in my head it feels worse than it actually is i think it's aggressively okay (laughs) (laughs) like it 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 doesn't do much to it doesn't do much to hook me in to the story like the characters really do carry that show Mm -hmm. but it's still not enough for me to like want to binge watch it or like make me want to wait for that next episode you know yeah, yeah. This is actually the first uh, Sentai show that I've been watching more or less as it comes out. So yeah. I've I've been really enjoying it. But 
That's for a different podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nick, do you want to continue talking about Sentai or do you want to move over to or Don't ask a rhetorical question. <laughs> <laughs> you know I haven't finished yep. the Sentai since Cure Yuji. And I'm probably <gasps> not gonna finish this. That one. makes sense with that makes sense with Nick. I'm gonna give it a shot, like I've given all the <laughs> other ones a shot. But it's it's not it's probably And that's what not. matters. Mm-hmm. I want to keep watching X8, though. I'm behind, but I actually want to pick that back up. So, yeah. I haven't started yeah. on that one yet, but I'm pretty excited. You should watch it. I know. Well, I, like... Preferably I've, before you get spoiled on stuff. I've been yeah. ghost. What, what do you mean, get spoiled on stuff? My first common Rider was Drive, okay? Like... No, no, you mean, like, spoiled with the details. plot. Oh, with the details, this sorry. Is, one of those shows where stuff happens like every few episodes and the internet freaks out. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, I've been completely oblivious, to be honest. Like, cool. So I'm like, I, I, I'm not really in the loop with, I mean, you guys were like, here, oh yeah, look at the teaser trailers. We're going to talk about it. And I was like, right. So I need to see all of these right now in these <laughs> two minutes before we start. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just, I'm, I kind of work pretty hard to maintain my noobs uh status so i never learn too much kind of on purpose um i can only go for so long though after a while you've seen enough (laughs) to be like i don't know okay i know this stuff (laughs) i mean i don't know there's a certain amount of it that's just being tv savvy like Mm -hmm. which i was before i started watching uh tokusatsu but um I don't know. Like, I still don't... Like, we're going to get into this in a bit, but, like, watching Ultraman for the first time, I felt like I was missing a lot of information. Just, like, so much information. (laughs) But that's okay. (laughs) Speaking of Ultraman... Ultraman Orb, the Ultraman season of 2016. Uh, Nick, can you give us a brief rundown of the show? Well, Ultraman Orb is the 50th anniversary entry into the Ultra series. Um, debuted back in 1966, so this was the 2016 show. And our main character, Kuranai Guy, aka Ultraman Orb, he, uh, the main conceit of the show is that he has to use the powers of two other Ultras when he transforms through the use of the fusion cards. And so, we find out during the show that Guy's been on Earth for a very long time. And what he does is he defends the Earth from aliens and other domestic threats, monsters buried under the ground that have been sealed away by old ultras. And we pick up Orb when he meets Naomi, the leader of the Something Search people, a kind of amateur monster hunter type group of people. Her friends, Shin and Jetta, and their job is to just track mysterious phenomena around the world. And things get a lot more mysterious when they run into Guy. And they're all kind of bothered at every turn by Guy's former friend slash current mortal enemy, Jugglish Juggler, who's always up to something. And there's a little bit in there about the uh, syndicate of alien planets. There's a little bit about an ancient ghost lady. There's, There's a lot of weird stuff. That's Ultraman Orb. <laughs> Pretty yeah. much. General feelings of the show. What did you guys think of Ultraman Orb as a whole? 
pretty uh, meh, to be honest. Really? Whoa. Yeah. I mean, for me, I felt like I was picking up in season two of something, and uh, based on the character of Guy, it felt like I was picking up on like season two of Tokyuger, and Guy was Akira, the Tokyu Six. Because they're like basically the same character, and <laughs> like I didn't under I didn't get the cards, I didn't get Natasha, I didn't get like a lot of things, and like I just I felt like the like pretty much the whole time that I was just playing uh, a lot of catch up, trying to understand the story, like especially with the um, the way that the show started. Uh, it felt very much like last time on Ultraman and you see him like fighting and doing this whole thing and Natasha supposedly dying and like blah 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 and so I don't know I felt like I don't know it just it felt very strange and to me and so like there was a lot about it that I enjoyed um like the something search people I uh I enjoyed the um the fact that it was a woman who was in charge of them i liked that she you know was the one who was like out there working really hard and like you know didn't take shit from anybody kind of a person except her mom but like i i get that um, <laughs> but yeah so that like there were definitely things that i liked about it but like overall yeah weird random season 2 of tokyo but it's ultraman Huh. I wonder if hmm, I wonder if this was a good series for you to start. I don't know. Cuz I mean, but that's just because like if you look at Akira, you know, Tokyo 6, he was like this wandering loner type who walked around uh with a harmonica who loved bathhouses and like <laughs> oh, yeah. like it seemed like almost an exact like didn't he I think he you know, yeah, and he had a hat too. Except his was like a construction hat instead of a like a cowboy hat. So yeah, like it it was just there was a lot that was just like a weird pickup. It was a very very weird pickup, a very weird way to start the show. And like oh the story was fine, like it went in an all right direction, but it didn't strike me as anything special, let alone a good uh anniversary show. I feel like that similarity to Akira is one of the things that as you stick around in Tokusatsu longer, you're going to notice it's just one of those things about the genre that they like to do a lot. This is the first, I think the first podcast we ever did was about Zubat. Yep. And he's basically the exact same. It's a little more charisma than these guys. But yeah. Yeah. It's just one of those staples, you know. No, I totally get it. Like, I, I but I'm just... You asked for my overall feeling. That was my yeah, overall feeling. I'm just commenting feeling. on that one little thing. I'm not saying whether you're wrong or yeah. right. Uh George, what do you think of the show? Um, I absolutely loved it. So, yeah. Um, I, had a <laughs> l- I had a lot of fun with the show. Um, I really liked that going into it, you actually did feel sort of lost. I think that was the intent. You're supposed to sort of piece things together and... With the prequel series coming out, you can kind of... Kitty kind of is right in the sense that this technically is part two of the story. They just waited until after part two to release part one. 
But yeah, I had a lot of fun with the show. I really liked the individual episodes. I liked the characters. One of the most important things in Tokusatsu for me is enjoying the characters. And I don't think I've ever enjoyed an Ultraman cast as much. So as far as Ultraman goes, Orb is definitely my favorite show. It's probably one of my top five favorite Tokusatsu shows. I really enjoyed the character of Guy. I loved his actor. He was a little hammy at times, when, especially when he would fight. Me and Yas say he has like a Kermit the Frog voice. But the fact that he could sort of sell his charisma in spite of that was really cool. So, yeah, I really enjoyed the show, and I would love to see more of it. Uh, Nick? I think when I first started Orb for the first week, I wasn't really sure what to think of it. And this is because I was coming off of X, and X was like a whole other Ultraman's back, and it's all exciting and new and different. Not that different, but uh, like they're trying new things, sort of. They're trying old things in a better way, I guess. And then Orb, Orb I didn't really get the hook of for a while. And it's not just like the surface level stuff, like there's no science team this time or stuff like that. But yeah, you know, we kind of start in the middle. I'm not really sure like how I was supposed to feel about Naomi, like what Jetta and Shin were doing just around whether they were, uh, you know, comedic relief or whether they had their own interior lives that I was supposed to care about down the road. And eventually I do. But by the end of Orb, I have to stick with George and say that it became one of my favorite toku in general. And, you know, one of my favorite ultras. Because I think they did something admirable where this was really a character-driven show as opposed to plot-driven. Because there's really only one plot, and that's Jugless Juggler is a jerk and a kid <laughs> trying to mess with Guy. And they stretch that out, and they, you know, do that a bunch of different ways. But the real thing is, like, you know, kind of like Guy trying to reconnect with society. Because this dude has a traumatic event in his past. So we learn slowly about that, and we learn slowly about him. And, like, kind of getting over that trauma. And, uh, yeah, just trying to become a healthier person and how Naomi helps him. Because, you know, you can do something like that alone. You got to have friends, all that good stuff. The stuff with, the, uh, I guess, like the past lives or destiny thing, it wasn't really my kind of thing. But, you know, I hate the Skywalkers, too. I just don't like Chosen One stuff. <laughs> so it's a thing. It's in there. It's okay. But um, I think hindsight, you know, is twenty twenty. So looking at Orb, you see that a lot of the newer stuff they were trying in X, they applied here in Orb. And, you know, it's it kind of says something to their credit that it took me a while to notice. Where it's like they were using special effects techniques not to be flashy like in X, but to serve the story. So that that's not what I'm focusing on until a second viewing where I'm like, oh, this is like that thing they did before. But... It's it's woven into the tapestry in a much more seamless way. So, or or took me a while to get, but once I did, I loved it. I I have to echo Nick's opinion because I was also on the fence for a good eight to ten episodes of the show, something like that. Um, but at the end, I, I did end up loving the show. It actually is it's probably my favorite Ultraman series that I've seen so far. Um, 
but in the beginning yeah it just it felt it was a weird entry and it was a bit hard to connect to some of the characters um at first i really liked the idea of the something search people group um it was starting to get a little annoying that Naomi, even though she was the head of the group, she wasn't really doing much of the work in the group. Like she was always, she was always uh, going to her part-time job, which I mean, makes sense since they need to, you know, make money or whatever, but it always felt weird that she was never really in the action unless she was captured by Juggler. I mean, I feel like that's not exactly fair though. Like if you think about what, they showed her doing they showed her doing uh field work where she was getting interviews they showed her uh making money so that they could rent the space and have the server and like have the website yeah yeah, yeah. she and so that they could all get paid she uh like she so there was there was a lot that she was doing that was like i mean if you look at it like it's kind of a lot of what chief does you know i mean I, I, like she all she does more yeah. but like it that's kind of like the the boss stuff i mean i kind of i i agree to a certain extent that i wish they showed her doing more but they do show her like you know um she's getting, basically uh, keeping like, everything up like keeping the yeah, organization and up. being and being the one who like gets the scoops to uh tell the others where to show up Right. And what's going on and getting the interviews and things. So I don't know. Yeah, like was, she just was, wasn't doing the more technical sides of it. Yeah. I mean, it was it was more of a initial thing, like the, for the first few episodes. Right. Uh, after a while, I, I kind of got it. Like I got her role. Mm-hmm. And I, it, it clicked for me. It was just yeah. it was just in the beginning where I was kind of trying to figure out where everybody fit in the story. And right. it was a little frustrating at first. But once the story got got going, it it, it all you know, piece together. Um, yeah, sorry, I kind of jumped on you a little bit. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. Like, <laughs> I, I wanted to bring it up because I did want to talk about it because it was something that did, like, uh, jump out at me at first. In the right. Um, I feel like that's another one of those, like, toku genre things that they keep doing. Yeah. But this time it was different where instead of, like, a Sentai commander and they're all in uniform, they're ordering people to go out and they're staying in the base and stuff. Mm-hmm. She was she was an active leader, but not an action leader. Right. Yeah. Like she wasn't getting out and fighting, but she was like working. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, Toku is kid shows. We don't often see the realities of like work. Yeah, yeah, right. And how boring some of this stuff can be. Yeah. Right. But Naomi, you know, she dealt it. She told Jetta and Shin what to do. Mm-hmm. Gave them pep talks and stuff like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Kept the site up, all that good stuff. But a lot of it, because you know, it's it's kind of minutia in a way. A lot of it, it took us a while to get like, yeah. what they were going for. Right. It was interesting seeing the parallels between that and Tokenet in a way. <laughs> like seeing them, wor- seeing them worry about site views and um, people stealing their their content or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and like the, you know, I don't know if we should share that. It seems like a sketchy source. Like that, that kind of yeah. thing. It's like, oh, it's so real. Yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, like after a while, like it just it all started to click, and I started to appreciate the uh, that it was a more story heavy season. Because yeah, like last year or last season, it was more of a like it was. I don't know if it's a good uh, comparison, but it was kind of like this 
uh, Star Wars Force Awakens, where it's like showing you everything that you know Ultraman is, and you know showing that oh we're back and this and that because they had a rough few years, right. and then the next installment is a little bit more story heavy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I really enjoyed. Uh, I really enjoyed Orb. Uh, as far as the char- the characters go. Mm-hmm. I liked I liked pretty much everybody. Like I was surprised how much I liked Jeddah and Shin. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, those two. Usually, those kind of characters kind of just, you know, are in the background, and sometimes they're annoying. But they never felt annoying to me. Like they had their own characters, characterization. They had their own moments as well uh, in the story. Yeah. Um, Shin's episode where he's helping uh, in the uh, Spring Factory to. Uh, Create the springs yeah, yeah, that yeah. they use for the the VTOL, yeah, the VTOL yeah. jets. And that was really cool seeing like where his inspiration started, mm-hmm. and what he inspired, what he wants to inspire to be, and yeah. Jetta's whole thing about um, at the beginning wanting to be rich and famous when he grew up or whatever, yeah. or when he got older, and then real realizing what's more important by the end of the show, yeah. Like, they really had good character developments or side they characters did. like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Juggler, though. Juggler was interesting. Um, was he, though? It, was, it, was, it took a while for me to get used to the actor, honestly. I actually, the acting for that actor was one of the things that I liked best. Like I loved his acting capabilities and and his style. I felt it felt to me kind of reminiscent of like um, Joker or something from Batman. Yeah, um, I liked it a lot, but I didn't. I don't know. Like I didn't get it. I didn't get like. And this was just I guess because and this was something that I was thinking about while you guys were kind of talking and describing it. I think for me, part of it is just that. When it comes to tokusatsu, I'm much more used to these longer shows where it's like double the number of episodes. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I just, I don't know, expect more, I guess. But like, I didn't get where he came from. I didn't get who he was. I didn't get who how he became that way. Like, not until like, you know, the end, which is fine and all that. But he, I don't know, he never did anything that was that interesting to me aside from his uh mannerisms and his motivations but like his whole like i'm going to try to unleash these things to try to bring about more evil in the world <laughs> <laughs> like cool like i guess <laughs> i don't know but it, that's just me maybe that's I think, what things were oh go ahead yeah i think for me that worked because as shallow as it seems he really knows how much the world, how much Earth means to Guy. And, um, you know, doing something as petty as just screwing with it is, to Guy, that's something terrible. And that's as far as Juggler has to go to actually mess with him. So the entire, yeah. my view of the show was pretty much, at some point in the past, they were friends. Guy became an Ultraman. And, like, they drifted apart. So he's kind of like, you, somebody, somebody took my toy away from me. And his toy was Guy. So he, like he wanted to get back at Ultraman because of that. His toy was guy. His toy was Ultraman. <laughs> His toy was guy. Well, I I don't know. See, I felt that I took it differently. Was that um, 
they were both on this quest to be ultra men yeah. like together yeah. mm-hmm. and then one was chosen and one was not yeah you and got so it. because he, juggler uh juggler wasn't chosen he and he couldn't like be a part of the team anymore he instead of like looking on how he could better himself and become an Ultraman at some point later or something like that, just was like, this is stupid. It's all because guy's stupid. And, like, turned it on himself, went to the dark side, did lots of terrible things. Like, the one one thing, though, that I do did really like about this show that I think was, it was one of the first things that I noticed about, and I don't know if this is an Ultraman thing or an Ultraman orb thing, it's the first tokusatsu show that I've seen where, like, the damage that happens somewhere is real. Mm. Like, when there's a point where they're like, wow, thanks, Ultraman. And then, like, it cuts to, like, a yeah. si- like a profile shot of them. And you just see, like, the city's got holes in it. And, like, <laughs> there's helicopters flying around trying to help people. And so, like, the, the, the destruction that happens actually happens. Whereas, like, with Sentai, uh, especially, it's, like, that didn't actually happen. Well, it's JK. Like, <laughs> we defeated the bad guys, so it's all better now. Nothing happened. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, Ultraman is a little bit better. Right? Yeah, that's an uh, Ultraman thing. Part. Yeah. Or at least it has yeah. been for the last ten years. Yeah. Yeah, the first yeah. time I seen it was in Nibia. Yeah, so yeah that's years. when it started. I, I really, that was one of the things that I liked most about the show was like when they acknowledged like oh no this is terrible for like normal people <laughs> like it, it was so amusing to me i think I that think. also played into like my perception of guy as a character where right. i was looking at him like dude you're really bad at your job whatever's going on <laughs> in your personal life you need to fix because this is not acceptable and he does yeah they don't comment on it like they don't point it out but you do uh-huh. notice a change in how he behaves as Ultraman once he gets right. over his past. Because I was like, dude, right. you're terrible. <laughs> you have to yeah, have like all that. these old Ultras help you and you're still bad <laughs> at your job. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. I also, what was the monster that he was fighting in that fight? Was it like just some rando? Was it Juggler? Uh, like, I didn't... In the first fight? fight? In the in the like last season on Ultraman oh, opening, oh, that's on right. Yeah, yeah, he's it's pretty much just like an iconic Ultraman monster. It's been in a whole bunch of shows. Okay. Like yeah, in, in Japan, Ultra Ultraman is known a lot more for its monsters than its heroes. Okay, that's fair. That also took me a while to get as far as like Ultraman goes. Really? Like, does mm-hmm. it? Like, yeah. I mean, even now, like, I don't know all of the you know standard uh ultraman villains mm-hmm. um and when i first watched like nexus or whatever like that didn't really uh yeah. play for me yeah, nexus has nothing mm-hmm. to do with that. that yeah i think them recurring really started in max and Medius. because like they okay. showed up a little bit in all the show shows where they were all like one continuity and I think mm-hmm. one of the international co-productions had, like, Zeton 2 or whatever. Or, like, redesigns. Yeah. But they didn't really become, like, stars of the show, I guess. Where it's like, Red yeah. King is back again! Until 
about ten years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I started noticing that with um Ultra Galaxy. Yeah. And all that. Like every time that one dude would freak out, it's like it's set on or whatever. And yeah, I'm like, yeah. uh, who, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it took, it took a while to recognize it. And I'm still learning a lot of the uh, uh like there's some that I get confused with names in, but yeah, I it's a really cool distinction between that and like Super Sentai, where it's all about the heroes. The monsters are terrible. Right. Just ugly. Just <laughs> boring. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a little biased. How dare you? How very, very dare you? <laughs> Didn't Tokyo have a table and a chair monster? Yeah. 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 But that was the best part. They were very creative, though. At least, see. They literally flipped the table to defeat see, the See, ring. I like Ultra because the monsters are monsters, not objects. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> no, yeah, but it had wait, layers. Was that, that Tokuger or was that um, uh, Ninninger? It was Ninninger. I think that was Ninninger because it was the shurikens that implanted in uh, objects. normal objects. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I can't tell the difference. They all look the same. <laughs> oh! <laughs> you want to go? Like. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, speaking of like monsters and stuff, um, it was interesting that this show had a couple of good monsters. Uh, I guess that that's, that is also a staple in mm-hmm. Ultraman. Is that right? Mm-hmm. I know. Oh, you mean like like Pig. morally good? Morally, oh, good, I thought yeah. you were like yeah, yeah. cool-looking yeah. monsters. I'm like, duh, that's a staple. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like in this one, there was. Uh, two specific that I recall. One is the Ragon family, or as like a either the father mm-hmm. and son, or a parent and son, um, who are basically hiding out uh, thanks to a uh, restaurant shopper. Yeah. yeah, and they're being basically hunted down by. Is it? Are they being hunted down by the syndicate? Uh, I can't remember. No, I know there were. Hiding no, from I, somebody. I think it was like there they was were... a monster that could sm- that could track their scent. Oh right, right, right. Is was that, that the hungry fish monster that... with the drill nose? Whose yeah, name yeah. I should yeah. remember by now. The narwhal. Yeah, yeah it's the a, narwhal. it was like a combination between a narwhal mm-hmm. and a mole. Right. What yeah. is yep. his name? Yeah. This is one of those things you guys was talking about. That's from the original Ultra. There's so many monsters. What is its name? Anyway, we <laughs> <laughs> all know what I'm talking about. Drillfish, um, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's the other one, the uh, Babaru, 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 Babaru's, Babaru's agent. Babaru. Babaru. I think it's Babalu. I'm dead serious. Okay. But yeah. Um, I think it's just Baloo. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was the shape shifting one. Who... Gubida. Sorry, continue. Yeah, he had a proper name, too. That's the thing. Because normally, you know, you just call them by their species name. But sometimes yeah. you get the alien ones, not the monsters, but the aliens who have like proper individual names, yeah, yeah. which is another thing I like. Like they treat the monsters like, like whole species. So you're not defeating mm-hmm. Gamora, you're defeating a Gamora. Like right. Seth on yeah. like Yeah. Um but yeah, the the safe shapeshifter one, uh Babadu is very it was really interesting to see because he was basically Tasked to do something evil, basically, uh, uh, he's basically cosplaying as Ultraman uh, <laughs> in order to um, give him a bad name and have everybody in the world sort of turn against him. But 
after all, he sees the appeal of being a hero and later, you know, becomes a hero himself. Um, yeah. I really like that episode. It was a really cool episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's see, what else? I don't know if there's any other morally good. Uh, I guess Juggler <laughs> technically kind of became morally good for a second. <laughs> he just yeah. stopped being a spoiled brat. Yeah, pretty much. So what was the deal with Juggler? He kept exploding, but he never died. I think he was just putting on a show. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. 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 Like, we have no proof, thanks to the magic of Token Science Special Effects, that his body exploded. We just know that something exploded and dude just kept coming back. I mean, I Mm -hmm. I got it for the first time when he came back to destroy the syndicate. Mm -hmm. But then, even in the last few episodes where he, you know, sort of sacrifices himself. Uh, and you know, holds down uh, the final monster in order for. Uh, uh, well, that was only of... that was only really the last episode, and I always figured, guy, you know, using the power of the other Ultraman, he kind of just like magicked his way around. Yeah. Around juggler. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, another thing I like about Ultra is the rules are kind of loose, and they don't have to spend half an episode explaining how their power works or whatever, like in right. a lot of shonen anime. Where you can just, like, I can just accept the fact that Juggler is just a really resilient dude. I don't need to know how. I just understand, Mm -hmm. like, whatever dark power he's tapped into lets him keep coming back for more. Yeah. Yeah. After a while, I had to accept it, but at first it was just like, dude. like This little (laughs) roach again? Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, As far as the powers that Orb had because he was interesting that he had basically he had to use two um, because he lost his original form he had to use two cards in order to transform and he used two different heroes every time. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you guys think of that concept? Because it was very different from what's been done before. I like how um. they did like what I was talking about earlier. How it's a lot of it's character driven, where Juggler was commenting mm-hmm. like, "You're weak. That's why you need to do this." Like, it wasn't just mm-hmm. a thing he did. Juggler was like, you're still weak. That's why you need to borrow power. And, like, right. you're vulnerable right now. So it's not just, oh, cool. There's Zero and uh, Jack using their powers. It's like, he's like, let me borrow your power. Because I am really bad at my job right now. And uh, I can't do anything else. So I like yeah. that that was, like, there was a reason for it. Aside from I, just like, we have to sell toys, we have to sell toys, we have to sell toys. Yeah, like right. I liked that they didn't spend a really long time trying to highlight those Ultraman like in X or Ginga. It's just like, here they are for a couple of seconds while he transforms, and that's pretty much it. But yeah. I also think that's why somebody knew maybe like Kitty mm-hmm. could potentially be lost. Uh-huh. Because it's kind of like, usually what Ultraman does is they'll, they will really focus on these legacy characters and right. tell you why they're cool. But here it's just like, uh, so you know who it is by now it's been yeah. 50 years. for me for me more the thing that i was confused by was like okay i understand that he needs to borrow the power of these other ultraman in order to transform and defeat these monsters okay cool i can accept that why two because that's how weak he is that's what i wanted to know because because that's how weak yeah, he is like one isn't enough i mean yeah, but ex- until he regains his true form and he can turn back into Ultraman Orb on his own, 
Uh, and then, like, he still needs two to make the other forms. Because otherwise he would just be transforming into them. And that would... Right, no, I, I get... I get why in... Uh, I get behind the scenes why. I don't get in the, like, in the scenes why. Mm. I wanted to hear something like, uh, because they are not meant to be uh, used or through this kind of, uh, you know, henshin device or whatever. Like, it takes two of them to create the same kind of potency. I Like, I wanted to hear some kind of justification for it. We kind of which got I never that really with, got. with uh, the last one that he used, which is the Thunder Breaster uh, form, where basically he said he they needed, because Belial was such a powerful dark force, they needed something, um, they needed another Ultraman that could basically keep that power Balance in check. Out. Yeah, which was... Uh, but wasn't it ultimate? It, but it wasn't Definitely. even just that other Ultraman that was keeping him in check. It was Guy keeping mm-hmm. him in check because he wasn't in check at all until Guy got his shit together. Oh, he was in check compared to what Belial's done before, and that's another you should have <laughs> seen the movie type of things. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, and that's just one of those. Okay, things. so he was comparatively yeah. in check. Yeah. He didn't, you know, yeah, pretty much destroy the planet. And we're good. Yeah, you it, really, it really does feel though like that's the only time they actually yeah, said yeah. this is why he needs two cards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like other than no, these two kind of go together, I guess. <laughs> Which to me was just kind of like uh, okay. Like I mean, I, I wasn't really going to question it. I don't know enough to you know comment. Yeah. I also like uh uh was it, when I was talking with my fiance about it, he was watching me watch it, and he was like, oh. There's a light in the middle of his forehead. Does like a cool swooshy thing come out of the middle of his forehead? I forget. It was the, I think the jack, what, one of them. And I'm like, no, they come from like the, the ridges on the side of his head. And he's like, that's dumb. <laughs> like, okay. Whatever you want, babe. But like, it, I, I get what he was, I get what he, I get where he was coming from. Yeah. Like, I don't know. But, um, they kind of, there's just a lot that I didn't get. They kind of reference it with his first, uh, his, uh, first form, um, uh, Specium. Specium Zapellium? Yeah. Where basically, I think when he glowed red he or blue, he moved fast. And when it was well, red, he was that's, strong. Well, that's the. That's him. Sw- that's Tiga's thing. Oh, yeah, that is Tiga, yeah. Yeah. Right, right, right. That is Tiga's thing. Hey, Kitty, question. Answer. How goofy are these names? Uh, like, this is just accepted. Like, okay. I don't, I have no idea how goofy these names are or are not. But I'm saying, like, to someone who doesn't know what Spacium Zapellian means, does that sound like a, like an acceptable random sci-fi word? Yes. Okay. Well, <laughs> to be honest, I don't know what Zapellian is. <laughs> I know Spacium. Spacium is Ultraman Spacium Ray. Yeah, I know Zapellian that. is the same thing for Tiga. Oh. Like, they're okay. not all called Spacium Rays. They all have a different name despite basically being the same attack. Wait, so where does Hurricane come from, Hurricane Slash? Also um, Thunderbreaster. I never got that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let me see. Thunder, I think. But basically the, the naming convention is it's the name of each of those Ultra's attacks. Mm-hmm. So like Burnmite was it's Taro and Mabius, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think Taro was Ultra Dynamite. 
and Mabius was Mabius burning, something like mm-hmm. that. And that was a move Please. that Taro taught Mabius. So they're Someone all explained to me though, Brester, because it, I need it's, to know. It's a like... chest. It's a chest ray that I think the Brester part is Zofi. Oh no, it's the. You know how Zofi has those studs, Yaz and George? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what separates him from uh, Ultraman. Mm-hmm. I think that's what, that's called like his breastplate or something. I think mm-hmm. that's what that name is from. And Thunder is Thunder something. It's one of Belial's attacks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I oh. can't tell you the specifics right now, but yeah, Hurricane is a Jax attack. And yeah. Slash is from Zero. Zero. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I didn't know. I only knew Specia as well. All the other ones seemed pretty random to me, too. I like it all was just like acceptable science fantasy to me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I feel like I need to make that distinction between uh, sci fi and science fantasy. Uh, I mean, well, no. I yeah, guess, I don't think that's a necessary distinction. I, no, I can go with sci fi, I guess, in this. It's just. No, science fantasy. I'm going to go with it. It seems like some solid science fantasy to me. Mm-hmm. Not that it's necessary, but yeah. <laughs> but I, I remember, because I, I watched it most, a lot of the show later on. Like I, I dropped it for a while and then I, re- I started watching it around the end of the show. But I remember Nick freaking out at around episode 15 and 16 saying, you guys have to watch Ultraman or... Cause it was uh, amazing. Yeah, like once I got to it, once I got to it, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, I I just loved how they were showing his like struggle with controlling the Belial um, card and how damaging it was. Mm -hmm. Um, And And I also feel like, uh... (laughs) yeah, go ahead, yes. I was just saying, like how how close he was to killing like Naomi, and how he had no way to stop it, like within himself at that time and how that was that almost broke him as an ultraman like i he didn't want to use it anymore yeah even though he, it was the only way he could use it it was the only way he could uh sort of you know defeat uh said oh galactron galactron yeah 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 also um, um for me that mm-hmm. was the first time the something search people kind of clicked where uh, yeah. i think kashin was the one who was working in that factory and yeah. you get it where it's like, oh, he's a mecha nerd like me. And his dream of owning a giant robot is literally dropped into his lap. And yeah. he yeah. and Jetta react the way I would to something like that. Right. And then just to yeah. see that get flipped on its head. And it was horrible. Like, the it was teleporting lasers or something. Like, it was a really mm-hmm. good visual effect. But just yeah. to, like, yeah. see the horror. Like, I, that worked for me. And that I could relate to them in that moment. And then, so I was feeling their horror as they were feeling it. To see, like, their childhood dream. Just give them a big old middle finger and start stepping (laughs) on the city. So that was the point for me when our supporting characters kind of clicked as well. And what you're saying about Guy and his, his conflict that, you know, again, ties into his whole arc of being someone who has some serious trauma in his past. And when he comes that much closer to recreating it, no, he almost shuts down. So yeah. I like yeah. that. You know, he he behaves like a person and not a yeah. whatever. 
No. <laughs> okay. Like, I just want to comment real quick. I really loved, and I think this ties into what Nick said, how close he comes to shutting down in the hospital. Mm-hmm. I think on the strength of the actor alone, you really feel the pain that he's going through for what he just did. Yeah. That's probably my favorite scene in the entire show, like when he's holding your hand and he's realizing, yeah. uh, this is all my fault. I gotta go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, he really sold that scene. He did. Yeah. He made me hate him for it quite <laughs> a bit. Like, and I was like, ooh, that's good. <laughs> he's, a, he's a really good actor. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. Like, I think, I think it was Paula who mentioned it at some point, but if you look at him when he's not the focus of the scene, like when he's in the background, like eating food or just mm-hmm. looking around or whatever, when someone else is in the scene or, you know, right. a part of the scene, he's really interesting to watch because he's basically just like, He's not really goofing around, but he's very aloof about everything. But yeah. he's very reactionary as well. Yeah, right. he's, he's got his own idiosyncrasies. Going yeah, on. exactly. Yeah, yeah he, it seemed like he really got into that character, which was really absolutely. Fun. Yeah. Speaking of, well, I mean, going on with the story as far as Elm, what did you guys think of the whole Natasha reveal and her connection to Naomi? Because for me, it didn't really click. In what sense didn't it click? I don't know, like, because we, we've been seeing Natasha this whole time. We know that, you know, Guy was in love with her and all that. Um, right. But the connection that, I mean, it was great to see that she survived, but her connection to Naomi didn't really, it felt, <clears throat> it felt either forced or tacked on where just like, we just need a way to connect Naomi to Guy. It definitely felt tacked on to me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I mean, tacked on is the right word. Because they yeah. were definitely building to it the whole time with her, uh, right. Naomi's whistling in her dreams and stuff. But right, uh, and her suit too, and the the Russian doll thing yeah. from yeah. like the beginning. Like it was something they were doing the whole time. It's just like I've already said, I'm not a fan of that fate stuff. Yeah, yeah. for me, yeah. it kind of just felt like they were building to it, but at some point they realized they weren't doing enough, mm-hmm. and that the mm-hmm. big reveal was going to have to come at some point, and. When it finally comes, I personally just felt like they hadn't done enough. I yeah. I felt like they had done too much already. Mm. Like so, I I don't know. Like I I as soon as I saw, uh, like she sang the song for like the first time, and she's like, I don't know. I just feel like I've always known the song. <laughs> I was like, it's Naomi, or like it was like yeah. I I mean, I don't know. Um. I feel like it was there were certain parts of it that I liked, certain parts of it that I didn't like. Like I I wanted to know there were certain things about that song that I wanted to know. Like was it the like there was the song itself was like physically damaging to Juggler. Like it it bothered him and hurt his ears or maybe that was just the harmonica. I don't know. And then uh, it was, like, a beautiful, lovely enough song that it, like, cured a fish child of his disease. And, like, <laughs> I don't, like, it, it was, it, like, I wanted it to be less or more. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I wanted it to either be just a song that meant a lot or, like, this super awesome, like, sci-fi harmonic frequency like something or other that like did something i wanted 
something, either more or less, but just not like it. It was in a very weird in between spot where they couldn't decide what they wanted to do with it for me. Aside from just have it be this connecting thing. Yeah, I I can see that because it it was definitely one of those things where it it felt like it had random powers, but they never explained why. And it feels like I wonder if that's something that they will address in the uh, prequel series. Because it is something from their time, from their like world or their era, or whatever. When they were um, friends, basically. Yeah, because they are friends, and I wonder if it's hurting him. If it hurts Juggler, because just reminding him of what he could be, what he could have been, or something like that, or mm-hmm. if it literally is like hurting his eardrums. Like it, it does. It's never really that clear. Yeah. Um. As far as like the whole Natasha connection, I felt better about the fact that Juggler, the reveal that Juggler saved Natasha more than Natasha's connection to Nomi. Like, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a really cool thing to see that uh, even though Juggler was mad at, um, at Guy, he still right. risked his life to save this girl. He didn't know why. Like, he was right. just like, he didn't know that the, he, he still had that goodness in him. And then he does the same thing for Naomi. And yeah. like that connection seemed cooler. I, it just felt like the Naomi thing yeah. was a little bit less flushed out. Even though it was, right. you know, hints were dropped since the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I kind of like the idea also that for whatever reason, Naomi slash Natasha was like the one person who pulled that behavior out of Juggler. Yeah. And I wanted to know, I wanted to know more. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want to know how Natasha ended up having Japanese kids. Like, I wanted to know, like, there was so, there's so much that I want, that I want to understand. And I feel like it, you, so you say there's going to be like a prequel series, a movie, a, it's a series, like it's a okay. Amazon Prime, um, a little mini show. All right. I, I would definitely be willing to see that to see if i get the answers that i'm looking for and again i think a lot of my issues come from the fact that i'm just used to longer shows for the most part where like i just i get so much more information mm-hmm. and when and that's that's anime that's toku that or tokusatsu that's you know, my crime dramas, like that's, that's just what I watch. If I don't get enough information, it's very hard for me to buy into it. Right. So I, I need, I need someone to sell me something I'm, I'm willing to buy. And there was just like, as much as I loved the actors and I loved the SSP and I loved the acting, like there was so much that I really liked and I really wanted to buy into there just there wasn't in quite enough information for me to buy into it. Right. I kind of always thought they were just kind of trying to be intentionally vague, give you hints, and you're supposed to piece it together. But then we find out about the prequel series, and it was actually announced about a year ago that there would be a series on Amazon Prime. And then it's announced that, hey, this is that show, so I have to wonder, like, how much of this is them trying trying to just be vague and how much of it is them being like, uh, 
let's just toss this to Amazon because they gave us money to make another show. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I definitely want to see it. To see how how it connects to the show. Yeah. yeah. So going off of that, um, basically he he eventually does get his uh, his true form, which is or of origin, and he does that by I guess um, is it once he realizes that Naomi is Natasha's uh, grand great granddaughter or whatever. Is that yeah. What he, because he that helps him realize that Natasha survived, and it wasn't his fault. That, like he didn't kill her. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, that, so once that weight is off his shoulders, he yeah. can be himself again. Right. Yeah. Right. right. So, um, what do you guys think of that? That whole that whole, you know, section of the show as far as like him gaining his form back. Like, did it feel like it was earned? Did it feel like was it a big moment for everybody? It. I think it totally felt earned, and it was probably one of my favorite parts. Mm-hmm of the show like I, I felt like this was finally a point where we saw real character development real growth right. like and a real step forward for guy and and it was it was everything that i could have hoped for out of it yeah i agree but um that was my favorite part of the show definitely it was because yeah. it's been a while since in toku where as far as you know i feel that Something like the final form has been that integral to a character's in like internal journey. Yeah. As yeah. opposed to like them seeking power or yeah. something like that. Or right. in some shows where somebody just comes out of nowhere, hands you a little fruit, and hey, guess what? You're the most <laughs> powerful one now. Yeah. It was like his his final form is really his first form. Mm-hmm. And I feel like like I like that idea of like him, you know, becoming himself for real. Right. Right. It, it reminded me of uh, Comrade Deno, where mm-hmm. his yeah. final form was him was himself. Whereas yeah, like previously, finally taking control. Yeah, taking control of being a common writer, whereas before he was being controlled by different imagine. Yeah. Okay. It was a yeah. I I, I love the origin. Um, it took me a while to get used to that sword, though. <laughs> that sword. Yeah. Is, sword is clunky, man. Not clunky. It's another one of those Subaru is broke and needs money. Yeah. Yep. So yep. they got to yeah. figure out how to navigate their way around the new toy landscape. I really liked watching him swing it around like a giant like club or something. Club? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. But whenever he wasn't doing that, it was so obvious that, hey, here's this toy. It, it's such a toy. Here's this I mean, circle. It was off. better than the X Logger, as far as I'm concerned. That thing. Oh, yeah. Was, yeah. Ugh, that was rough. So I'm um, cool with it. Yeah, I, I, liked, I actually liked that his final uh, attack is still like. Was, was the same attack that he used in the, in the, you know, back in the past. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, it showed, like, when he did the attack, like, he wasn't able to hold the sword, you know straight or proper like it was sort of waving it around and like so like he couldn't control the power and it mm-hmm. still kind of right. had that even when he got his form back like yeah. it was he still just sort of points it and just hopes it hits whatever he's pointing at <laughs> right it was, it was i liked it i also like the music that it goes that they put in it. well it's the same music that we've heard the whole show but it sounds really oh, cool yeah yeah 
Yeah. Um, speaking of music, I really enjoyed that whenever he would transform, if there was a serious moment going on, the music from that scene would kind of just bleed into the transformation scene. Yeah. And it creates this really cool, like, like shit's about to get epic. Here, here enjoy this transformation. Yeah. 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 It's almost like the, the transformation sequence didn't really have its own music. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Like, it just basically just... Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. So it lent itself really well. It never felt like, okay, here's an action scene because we have a quota to meet. Yeah, it never felt like it was... Even though it was a stock footage, it didn't feel like it. Yeah. Because it was so incorporated into the background. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. So now we're sort of... Well, there's a bit more, but there was a lot of... I wouldn't say filler episodes, but definitely a few one-off episodes. Well, that's pretty much Ultraman, though. Yeah. yeah. It's very... It's the episodic tokusatsu. So I don't yeah. like the War word was... filler. Yeah. Because filler yeah. implies, I... like, less importance. Mm-hmm. That's so, why I said I didn't... Yeah. That's why I went back on it. I, I, I tried back, man. Mm-hmm. I'm down. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, uh, even though... Like, those episodes, even though they are one-off epi- or, you know, single episode things, they all had something really significant. Whether right. it was um, Naomi... Um, basically confronting her own jealousy as far as like like there was an episode where she basically is invited to a friend's wedding and people make fun of her for having part-time jobs and not having a career or having or being you know with someone who has a career or whatever and her sort of right standing you know standing her ground and saying that i will make my own happiness i'll do what i want you know this is my life right like I, I definitely think we needed something like that for her. It is cool to see her being a strong character mm-hmm. in her own right. Like mm-hmm. w- one of the criticisms I've heard is that the idea of her having all these odd jobs was sort of pushed to the side once the guy and juggler stuff started to become more important, and they forgot about it. But no, like it totally comes back to be a very important part of her character arc, and mm-hmm. they 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 didn't really forget about it. It's, it's just like we're gonna focus on something else for a bit. Yeah. 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 Yeah, she was constantly fighting that, you know, that stereotype. Like mm-hmm. when her the episodes when her mother shows up is like, "Why don't you, you know, marry guy or why don't you marry a juggler or whatever?" <laughs> like she just wanted her to marry somebody. By the way, yeah. that was an awesome episode for Guy and Juggler. Yeah, like how Juggler that was my so Juggler good. shows yeah. up to troll guy and he gets like dragged into the situation and he's like I'm trying to kill yeah. you and guys like just go with it dude <laughs> yeah right <laughs> like that is probably my favorite episode of the whole show cuz it's just seeing them get constantly interrupted when they're trying to do their hero uh villain thing yeah yeah and yeah and seeing them have it's like 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 at one point Juggler literally says wait where was i and then there's like <laughs> oh yeah you're here oh right right and then <laughs> it becomes dramatic yeah. again i love that like i was like that episode, I think that may be the turning point episode for me. Um, I think yeah. it was like 11? 11 or 12. Yeah, 11, yeah. yeah. That was yeah, a turning I point. L- that was the episode where I was like, okay, this is this sort of like an X where it had that um, that news station or the news uh, episode mm-hmm. where it was basically all right. from a yeah. different perspective. Yeah. yeah, It was that kind of thing for me. It was like, it was so out there and so different, but it gave these characters so much, well, character, really. I loved it. I, I loved that episode so much. Another good episode for me was um, uh, Shibakawa's episode, or uh, Naomi's uncle's episode. With where uh, his daughter, right? 
Yeah, the one about his yeah. daughter. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I, it, it, was, it was a really cool episode. I always liked that character. Like, he's always, he's another character just, who's fun to watch in the background. Because mm-hmm. he's always messing with Shin and Jetta. Like, whether he's pushing them around or he's, like, literally sitting in the same chair that they're sitting in while they're looking at uh, information on the computer or whatever. Like, he's just always a fun character. He just, he looks like he's always at home at the SSP office, even though he's, like, he has nothing to do with it, really. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then seeing him have his own episode where even, like, the characters realize, oh, you're actually a really big deal in uh, this VTOL uh, organization. Yeah. Like, I don't know. that I just love that episode as well. I love yeah. yeah. I really loved that you basically spend kind of the whole series getting to know him as, like, just this guy trying to rein in his crazy niece. Yeah. Um, and, like, deal with his daughter. But, like slowly as time goes on you start you finally get to see like oh wait he's like important like really high up in this organization yeah like it's it's i yeah i love that they did that with this character like he's just not a throwaway character he's he is somebody like at one point they think he's ultraman because of how much he (laughs) he, he runs away (laughs) kind of wish he was (laughs) a little bit um yeah, after that would be it, interesting. We do have um, our huh? So yeah, uh, if we're talking about episodes we really like, um, right? The what was it? Twenty two, I think the the cafe episode was such a fun atmospheric episode. Mm. It, it felt so different from anything that we had seen before, and it it was really cool that in the lead up to the final few episodes, we have this one focusing on all of these monsters leaving Earth, and then Ultraman sort of like almost honoring the final wishes of this monster that wanted to try to take over earth. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's true. That was a really good episode. And also like the, the actor who plays, um, he's a black, is it black manager, black. Um, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause I remember him from um, everything. He's in everything. Yeah. Yeah. From everything. He's in a lot of stuff. Like the first like, thing no, I think no, I seriously, saw, like watch a tokusatsu. This guy will probably be in it. Yeah, whether it's a, a recurring character or just a one-off, he's in everything. Yeah. He's great. Also, that was another one of those, uh, like, here's a really famous monster. And even if you don't, I don't know about Kitty, but for me, I hadn't really seen this monster too much before. But it still felt very important. It felt, it was clearly of its time, but the way they brought it to life in the modern era was just kind of mesmerizing. Which monster? The little the red balloon, yeah, huh? The red balloon, <laughs> red balloon. Oh, the red balloon! Yeah. I had no idea what to think of that. I, <laughs> I mean, like, I was actually in the it, same boat. <laughs> yeah, it seemed like a throwback of some kind. It was, but I was just kind of like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I did one of the things I loved. I did like that episode quite a lot. I loved like the the very like men in black kind of feel of the place. Mm. I mm. loved that um I mean I also loved that it was like a really amazing coffee place and then he went and turned it into a really amazing ramen place <laughs> because those are like my two favorite things that exist in the world. Yeah. And I was just like, "Oh my god, I want to go to both of these places." Um I like how um 
you know, the SSP right. spent so much time looking for the place. Right. And then when they leave, guy's just like, huh, they're busy, huh? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, you knew about this the whole time. <laughs> yep. And you're just chilling in the background. Yeah. Yep. But, um, Kenny, I wanted to ask you. Yeah. We were talking earlier about the Babalu Sajin, the shapeshifting dude. Yeah. Uh, which one between Red Balloon and Shapeshifting Dude? Which one do you think is from an older, the older series? Um, like which one seems more like a throwback? Honestly, the Red Balloon. Okay. Just from the level of I don't get it, like okay. <laughs> because like the the Babalu character, uh, I feel like exists enough in his own right. I mean, the whole like whatever mob organization that wants to invade Earth, like, was so obviously, like, an, oh, that's an older Ultraman thing. That's from something else. Mm. Um, But, like, as to specific characters in that, like, there was not enough information. I just kind of wrote them off as an, I'm not entirely sure why they're there, aside from Juggler to get what he wants from them. Um, But Red Balloon... The red balloon person felt like a way more obvious throwback simply mm-hmm. from the it does not stand enough on its own for me to understand what the fuck is happening aside from these two at one point wanted to invade the earth, realized they couldn't really do it, and so settled down here and made a different dream, and then as they were going to leave earth, decided to give it one more go. <laughs> Like, that's it. That was their whole shtick. So, I don't know. Like, I feel the character, at least, of um, Babalu. Is his name Babalu? Nah, that's his species. Okay, whatever. The Babalu <laughs> creature. Uh, he, um, like, he had his own little story that he got to go through and, and really be the focus of a lot more. rather than, Whereas the red balloon guy was just like, this guy's ride. Like, is kind of what it felt like. <laughs> his friend and his ride. Yeah. You just made me think of something, too. You were talking about, like, you didn't really get why the invasion people were there. Yeah. I feel like, now that I'm thinking about it, they kind of serve the same purpose as VTOL. Yeah. The, what Naomi's uncle was. Yeah. Where it's like, it's, they're two of the things that you expect to see in every ultra. Yeah. And Orb made a point. To push them into the background. Yeah. And make them not as important as they usually are. I just needed to... I needed someone to explain to me at some point what VTL stood for. And no one did. I I mean, it stands for uh, vertical takeoff and landing. Because that was the jet from the original uh, Ultraman. But yeah, as an organization, it's, it's, it's a dumb thing. It's a, hey, it's the 50th anniversary type thing. Gotcha. Yeah. Got There's it. a lot of that in this show, huh? Yeah, there really was. Hey, there was so much that it. it's like, hey, it's the fiftieth. <laughs> We're not going to explain this, but if you know what's up, you know what's up. <laughs> like, I did not know what was up. Like, like even <laughs> even to the point where, if you dig deeper, like every episode title was a uh, homage Ref- or whatever to a reference yeah. to an older episode of mm. Ultraman. At some that's point, that's pretty cool. Yeah, like um, what was it? I think. What was it, like the second episode? The one with the giant firebird. Um, was that actually the first? I don't know. Anyway, there's a line in there where someone's like, I saw a bird, and that's a reference to Ultra Q. 
which is yeah the show mm. before Ultraman, because Ultraman started with a show before Ultraman. Oh, that was the like, uh, first episode. Yeah. Of so like, oh, because that was the first episode of Ultra Q. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, was that? Yeah. yeah, the bird. I forget what it's called, but because remember, I think we talked about this in the X podcast. How Gomez, not Gomez. It was um the other one, the Pelican guy. The other Godzilla knockoff. Hmm. Uh, which one? There's two. There's one in Ultra Q and one in Ultraman. Uh, well, there, there's an, a Gomez in Ultraman and Ultra Q. That's what I'm saying. So it's not oh, okay. The one from the episode of X, the Godzilla anniversary episode of X. Uh huh. When the captain does the thing, I'm I'm hurting right now. You lost me. You lost me. <laughs> okay, well, to the people at home listening, the basic idea was that, you know, Eiji Tsuburaya was the special effects director for the first Godzilla movie. So when he split off, made his own company, started the Ultra series, he uh, used some Godzilla suits to make new monsters. One of them was the first monster in Ultra Q. And another of them was another monster in Ultraman. And, uh, oh, I can't believe I'm forgetting the name. But um, what had happened was, that first episode, what I'm trying to say is, that first episode, the Godzilla knockoff wasn't the only monster. It was also that bird thing, which is mm-hmm. why I saw a bird was the first episode of Orb. Mm-hmm. Just, just, to, just to backtrack, uh, looking at, because uh, we did do an article on it, uh, for the reference files, it does say that it's episode twelve where they talk about a prehistoric bird called Laragios. Then that might be a different bird. Then mm. I got nothing for you, gentlemen. Cannot <laughs> help. <laughs> Look, it's an old show. It's a lot of stuff. Wait, was it Basher or, or no? Nagabasa. Yeah. 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 Anywho, the bird in this one was Pandan. The two-headed firebird? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Maga Pandan. Oh, okay. The final monster from Ultra 7. I, think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it's from Ultra 7. I don't know if it's the final monster or not. Right. Yeah, a lot of references. Like, in your face and very subtle as well. Mm-hmm. So, question, Kitty. Um, yeah. What do you think, if anything, like took you out of the show more? The fact that this was an anniversary that kind of expected you to know what was going on, or the fact that it was like, hey, this is season two of a show, you haven't seen season one. I feel like the two are related. Mm. Like, I felt that um, I when I was watching it, I was like, oh, clearly there's another Ultraman here that I just don't know what's up. Mm. And this is like a big anniversary thing. And so there was no way I was ever going to get this. And so like for me, not knowing that there was going to be a prequel show tacked on, I like, I had all these questions in my head, like where'd they get this like Western actress? Where'd she come from? I've never seen them do this in a show before where like, uh, you know, Western actress plays this, crucial of a role in like a tokusatsu show uh i mean i've seen them the only thing i'm close to it i've seen it was in uh kyoruger with um oh my gosh 
that wonderful Canadian man. Oh, uh, said, Robert Baldwin. Strong, strong lady. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and and that doesn't count, I feel like. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's. I honestly think what took me more out of it was the fact that I felt like it was blatantly season two. Mm-hmm. And so I I think that I, but it, for me personally, I combine the fact that I felt like it was season two and the fact that it was an anniversary thing into a, the same issue mm-hmm. of just, and, and just not enough information. I need more information. That's interesting. I... But that's, I don't know. Like, it's, I was watching um, a breakdown, and this is, you know, this is why I kind of brought it up earlier. I was watching a YouTube video uh, that um, goes into detail specifying a very loose definition of um, the difference between um, science fantasy and science fiction. And essentially, the the main difference is that with science fiction, um, they have to uh, really give you a, a a very strong buy in. They have to explain like why this seems plausible and why you know this is normal and various things like that. Whereas science fantasy just kind of gives you like it, the example that they use is Star Trek is sci fi where they explain how everything got this way, how we came to where we are, blah, blah, blah. And uh, Star Wars is just like, the Force exists in this world, and that kind of is what we use to explain every way and get away with murder. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I felt like because especially this, because this Ultraman was set so much in like the present tense, I wanted I wanted a little bit more of it to be more sci-fi. I wanted them to give me more so that I could buy in more and just and just like be there and get it. You know? Yeah. And and they and they didn't. And I feel like again, it's just if they'd had more episodes to do it in, which prequel show, da-na-na-na, and just having seen more Ultraman before, I probably would have if they'd just done, like, the prequel and Ultraman Orb as one big, long thing mm. that I could sit down and binge. And then um, also having more experience with Ultraman before, I feel like I would have liked it a lot more than I did. I'm not sure it would approach that, what you call the difference between sci-fi and science fantasy, which uh-huh. I've always been told is, like, hard and soft sci-fi, but that's semantics, and I don't care about that. Um, no, it's totally true. But, um, because... I mean, Ultraman, even when it is longer, even when it's like a 50 episode uh-huh. show, it's it's right. kind of a toss-up of whether they'll explain something like that or not. Yeah. But the basic thing is Ultraman is like Green Lantern. It's a peacekeeping force in space, and we see the ones that come to Earth. And that's, yeah. that's most, more often than not, that's what we get. So I don't know if they would have had even if they had more time, mm-hmm. like a, a suitable explanation. I just mean for some of the basic things, like why does he use the henshin device that he does? Um, yeah, we don't. Where, we don't get like a little bit more about the origin of the sword toy? Uh, why they are cards? Like just, just something. Like even like with even with uh, Zyoger, you get like they have the cubes, mm-hmm. and there are these like 
primal things and it's explained and you're like, oh, okay, this like it comes from somewhere yeah. as opposed to just their cards. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I think you know actually I mean? X does that. But yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, like I just I wanted I wanted something like, hey, you know, um uh uh what is it? Kyoryuger, they have the batteries and they start the 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 life force of the different dinosaurs and like blah 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 with um uh uh even even Tokyuger, like like they they all had like their little train passes that made sense and like it like it, it gave you a concept to get behind. And I felt like with the cards, there was no concept to get behind. Mm. You know what I mean? I wanted a concept for why this toy was here, why it was this way. And that that's that's all I wanted. The only thing they, they really well, the only thing they gave us throughout the show, well, a little bit was um at the beginning, whenever he got a new card, he would say, oh, Zero, you're the one who was sealing this monster. Yeah. Uh, good work. And then he'd take right. the card. It still doesn't explain but how he became that, the card. Yeah, it like how sealing right. yeah. monster turns you into a card. Into a card, yeah. But exactly. Yeah. I watch Blade, so I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. Oh, Common than... Rider Blade had a similar thing sealed away in card mo- cards motif. Gotcha. Yeah, it's, I think it was, yeah, it was just one of those things where... They wanted to watching this stuff too long. Yeah, you gotta forget that you don't know the origin of it. (laughs) Yeah, right. I kind of wonder, like, how much of that is them kind of being lazy or forgetting to do it, and how much is Suburaya just not wanting to cover the toy angle that much because Ultraman is typically the least toy-oriented Tokusatsu you will ever see. Like, Mm -hmm. what was it? Um. I think one of the the 2005 show was actually the very last tokusatsu where the hero gets like no power up of any kind and that's so super super tokusatsu? super rare. yeah like in general really max yeah like every he gets a power up though he gets a little dinky weapon yeah but like he doesn't get a second form or anything yeah yeah huh yeah. like and that's that's become the norm that i wonder if this is just like Okay, whatever. We have to do cards. Just toss them in. Whatever. Yeah, I do they feel just... like Subarai has been going through growing pains. Because, mm-hmm. um, and Kitty, this is one of those things you'll come to find out. Mm-hmm. Like, do you know about the break Common Rider took for a long time? Because, you know, Sentai no. goes every year. Like, yes. it's been pretty consistent every single year. Mm-hmm. Well, not every franchise is that fortunate. Common gotcha. Rider took a really big break where they did a couple movies and some TV specials and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, they did more than one. Isn't there a break after Stronger? Yeah, they they took like a three-year break, then like a four-year break, and then like uh-huh. a 12-year break. Well, Ultraman is the one where a lot of that 50-year history, a significant uh-huh. percentage of that is breaks. Because yeah. they, they just go broke. They don't have enough money. Yeah. They end up having to do straight-to-VHS specials or anime or other things. So... We're just now getting out of one of those Subaraya is broken bankrupt periods. Right. Where, um, and so part of them climbing out of that is that while they were away, Toku in general moved towards this, uh, where we had stuff like Decade where it became collectibles as henshin items things. 
mm-hmm. and how that right. became like a, a big thing in Kamen Rider. And then Sentai would go Kaiju in the Keys and all that. So uh-huh. that happened while Subaraya was kind of in like like low power mode. They had uh-huh. stuff like the Zero movies and things. So then it comes back with Ginga, and we have these things that are called Spark Dolls, which are basically just a little uh, five-inch vinyl toys mm-hmm. that have always been around, but now they're like, this is how they transform, with just straight-up toys of the Ultras. And then Ginga didn't really work that well. Ginga S, it worked a little better. Then they tried to do X, where they had Spark Dolls and cards, and it was kind of confusing. So now Orb... Like, it's uh-huh. a noticeable, um, I feel like, progression. Like, they're getting better at it, but you can okay. still tell they're new to this game. Like, I like that it's just cards, because X kind of complicated it, where it was like, Spark Dolls are armor, and cards are a way to summon the armor, or something. And it was it was a little much. But right. yeah, this is, this is another Subaraya growing pain situation, where they're gotcha. still getting used to the modern token landscape, I feel. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. I just feel like there's there's a certain amount that is like understanding uh, what current trends are, and then there's a certain part that's just good storytelling. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's they in it they forgot certain things in favor of trying to figure out too many other things. They forgot some of the basics of good storytelling. I, well, that's I would just agree me. with that, though, because yeah. even in X, as complicated as it is, they do give you some sort of little very face value, but they give you an explanation as to why there are toys and stuff, and or kind of just, it's like, whatever, here are cards, do, do what you do. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I would call that a storytelling thing, but I might be biased, but yeah. Because for me, personally... Like, the most important parts of storytelling are character. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Orb delivered that in a way that Toku hasn't for me. So I might be biased and willing to forgive certain other things. That that was definitely the case yeah. with me. I enjoyed the characters so much that I easily overlooked anything that would have bothered me otherwise if I wasn't loving them as much as I did. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I, I feel like, um, I don't know. I had a point. I forgot it already. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think it's one of those things where it's like, I think it's one of those where you, you'll notice the difference once you watch some shows that don't have that as a crutch. Mm-hmm. Like whether it's whether it's Sentai or Kamen Rider or because mm-hmm. uh, you you haven't really seen a show yet where it doesn't rely on collectibles. I think. That well, is it's not it's not about true. relying on the collectible or not. I I remembered my point. It's. It's about if you have a plot device, explain like it. explain it. Yeah. Explain why it's there. Yeah. Like help me understand it. Like don't just throw it in and just be like, yeah, this is how the world works. Yeah. Like that makes sense, okay, yeah. you know, it, I I just need some kind of explanation, something to grab onto, so that I can like like when someone tries to sell you something, they've at least got like a little pamphlet, a little description of what what it is they're trying to sell you like they can tell you about it maybe do a little demonstration like they just showed up on my doorstep rang the doorbell showed me this thing and told me to buy it and i'm like i what what like that's that's kind of how i feel about it you know 
They didn't even have a pamphlet ready to explain. That sounds like what happened to George about an hour ago. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so you you quietly say no thank you and close the door and you make sure that the doors are locked. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, that's about where I'm at with Ultraman Orb and the cards. And th- I thought it looked really cool. Yeah. I loved it. I love that as opposed to having uh, uh, its own like theme song, it had more of like a, um, it had a sound effect rather than a theme song so that it could more easily kind of go with whatever else they were doing. Although it did have the harmonic, the, the um, final toy had the harmonica song. Mm-hmm. I uh, thought each form had its own theme song. Did it? Yeah. Each form, but yeah. not each card. Um, no, I the mean, forms had like little like, quick jingles. Yeah, yeah, but like it, it was it didn't interrupt mm-hmm. what the other mm-hmm. stuff yeah, was yeah, going yeah. on, and it yeah, wasn't yeah. like a loud later. voice saying yeah. fifty different things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you everything common right is done in the last few years. I know. Uh, well, let, let's take a minute and just uh, uh, what is it, uh, Zeoger's thing, where they're like. Zero lion, eagle, shark, tiger, <laughs> elephant, whale. Like, <laughs> holy crap! Yeah, please stop. Like, and there's like twelve. <laughs> like, ghost was probably the worst one of that. Like, holy crap! Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Are are you caught up with Zioger right now? No. Okay, I'm. I'm in. I want to say I'm in like the 30s or 40s, and I'm like, damn. <laughs> there's just so many like exactly what i just did is what it sounds like but they do it for so many things yeah i've seen i've seen i don't know if it's the final robot uh like mech transformation but i yeah. know this one was like 12 of them or something like that yeah and that one yeah i remember seeing that one it's the one where it just goes on for like a minute <laughs> yeah i still i still think ghost has it beat uh there was this really because it's 15 popular... icons right and one form yeah, but uses all of them, and it has in, to in go spe- through in each specific jingle. though. In specific though, like there was one, there's a GIF I was going around. Well, not a GIF, a clip um, of all three riders transform transforming at the same time with their loud ass belts blasting out the jingles, with the sound effects from like the ghost popping out, and then the fa- sound effects from like the soundtrack of the show going at the same time. He had no yeah. idea what was going on. It was noise. Literally. It was just noise. Just noise. Uh, to get back to Orb, uh, let's talk a little bit about the final few episodes. because It was basically a final arc yeah. for the show where basically Juggler uh, basically gets himself captured. Um, and uh, On purpose? Yeah, on mm-hmm. purpose. Basically to set this planet in motion where he basically... He, alludes to something uh a force being you know consuming the earth and basically puts into the uh vtl squad's head that in order to destroy it they have to destroy the power source that's deep underground under tokyo um but what they don't know is that once they they you know shoot at that source it basically wakens up the final like the last uh monster uh, yeah, because, like it needs a big blast of energy right. at it in order to waken up. So they're actually the ones uh, creating their own demise. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Magata no Orochi. It's basically yeah. a final form of Maga, uh, Orochi. Maga Orochi, which was like 
10 episodes earlier or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was interesting because he, he basically brings about that, but then towards the end, he helps... Uh, once he once he saves Naomi and all that, and all that revelation comes out, he basically comes to help Guy defeat uh, Orochi at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, as sort of a last last ditch thing, like oh, this is my this is my boy. I'm gonna help him out one last time, <laughs> kind of thing. Right. Um, what did you guys think of this whole this final arc of the show? I really enjoyed it. Um, as far as the final monster goes, I. I really liked that it wasn't this other force that brought Guy and Juggler together. It really was just Guy, uh, Juggler's ultimate pettiness coming back to be the final threat in the show. Mm-hmm. And in a sense, you know, it's not just Guy that has to overcome this monster. Like, Juggler has to overcome his own pettiness to help Guy. Yep. And I also like that, that they also uh, had the help of the SSP. Where they helped find out where uh, the weakness, the weak point is mm-hmm. for Orochi, and that helped them defeat him. Had to do some um, hardcore journalism. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Um, one thing that did it didn't like it stood out to me as like weird was that in between the final two episodes, basically uh, Juggler quote unquote kills Naomi by striking her down. Yeah, and then but then she's alive. Yeah, they never explained that. Yeah, well, it was expl- one of those things where it happened off screen, so you can just yeah. trust that it didn't actually happen, and that was just clever it, editing getting in your face. It wasn't off screen though. Yeah, it was. Did he actually hit her? He, he actually like he, yeah, you see he pushed him. her in front of her, and then he sliced her, and then she fell. Did we see? Yeah. Like, I mean, he, he not, strikes her in the back yeah. though. It was yeah, just, stri- it was just a tap. He brushed it against was, her shirt, and she was like, "Ow, don't do that." <laughs> or he like hit it with not the sharp side. Yeah, that's another <laughs> one of those things like an anime where one good punch to the gut knocks someone out completely. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. Japan, I'll buy it, whatever. I mean, I get that, but a yeah. punch is different from a slash from a sword. Yeah, I really wanted it to be that. You know, maybe he just couldn't bring himself to actually kill her. Mm-hmm. That would have been a lot more interesting. That I mean, that's hey, kind of what happened, but they just didn't. He just had. They to, kind of gloss over it. Yeah, I mean, do they though? Because that was because that goes back to what yeah, happened. Yeah, they do. But they that, do. No, that goes back to what happened with Natasha back in the day, where from what we see during the series, we can reasonably assume that Juggler was the one who let Zeton out of the way. So that's another situation where he's attacking Guy and Guy's girlfriend, and steps in at the mm-hmm. last minute to not kill her. Where it's like mm-hmm. it's a thing he's done, it's it's his habit, and I don't I don't right. feel like they need to spell that out. Well, I mean, I get that for as far as like saving her from the you know the uh, jet that's crashing down or whatever. No, saving her from his well, own sword. I mean, I don't. No, but, I don't think by that point it's it's yeah. clear enough for it to be there. It's not even about spelling it out. It's the show clearly wants you to think that. You know, he's striking her down, and then in the next episode, you know, it's just like, oh, hey, she's alive. She wakes Literally, up. That's what it, that's, yeah. It's yeah. called a cliffhanger, George. Yeah, but that's it's a how very they get poor you one. To come back the it, next episode. Like to be yeah. honest, no one, no one expected her to die. But I wanted a more clear resolution as to how she survived, how she's unharmed. The show kind of, yeah, it just expects you to think, uh, whatever, Juggler didn't hurt her, but 
it feels very almost disingenuous based on the cliffhanger. It's like yeah, they took it, to me. It, it what, feels like they took the easy way out. That's what cliffhangers are, George. No, the, it, <sighs> no, it, they're really not. Between, it's a difference between having a cliffhanger and sort of BSing your way through it. Like he, he clearly strikes her. She falls down. Like there's no damage to her at all that we can see. Like it, it just feels like it's a weird disconnect. Like it's like we missed something as far as like what happened. Like how. I don't know. We needed something to show, like what he actually did to her. Do we? Like, yes. yes. That's one of. The I mean, points. it's fine if you if you. I don't know. Just end the episode right as he's about to strike her or something, whatever. But we see him strike her. We see her like react fall. to the blow, and we see her fall. So you can reasonably assume that she was struck strucken. It's like. I don't know. It really bugged me. Like if if he had like some kind of attack where he would like put his hand through someone's chest and kill them or whatever, but then when he did it the last time, he closed his fist and it just like it was a light punch. That would make sense, but it's a sword slash. It it doesn't translate as far I as mean, like faking it. You know. We've also seen him fake his own death yeah. for the amusement it, of coming. He's a magic him. space it, alien. He could have killed him. her. Yeah. When the camera was off. <laughs> in those instances, like, the show doesn't really play it as, hey, he's actually going to die this time. It's it's very, it's done very, like, there's not a lot of focus on it. But here, it's, yeah, it's a cliffhanger, but you kind of expect expect there to be some repercussions to what he's doing. There's also, like, uh, the fact that he is an alien, so you can kind of, you know, make up that, uh, that conclusion where, oh, he can survive, you know, being exposed blowing up or whatever maybe he can he's striking people. down a human yes, he's a magic alien that got his powers from we don't know where so healing people isn't really that much of a stretch see like i feel like that's too big of a leap of faith it's, for it's me to make really with the show. Not, though. it is it like really if you, is. it really is they have to show something whether he's healing her or if he you know if like if they showed that he you know swung the sword down but I don't know, the wind from the sword is what knocked her out or something like that. Like, something. But this one just clearly showed that she got struck by that sword. It, I don't know, it just didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's the, that's the one thing about, like, those final episodes that didn't work for me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, so. <laughs> as for when I thought about those final episodes. Yeah. Did I already say this? I don't think so. Um, I like it. I like that, you know, the final enemy wasn't this new thing out of nowhere, which often happens in Ultraman, where, mm-hmm. you know, either it's, um, like, it's just another enemy. Like, mm-hmm. Zeton was kind of just another enemy. It was like a big alien invasion thing, but there was no buildup earlier. Or it's, um, like, maybe in the last three episodes, you get this new enemy. But uh, I like how this one, the whole show you find out, except for some of the standalones like with Galactron. But the whole show was Juggler doing one thing and one thing only. And that was mm-hmm. digging up old monsters to have Guy kill them to dig up an older monster. And then that dies, he just digs it back up again. He's after one <laughs> specific thing and it takes a lot of work. Like that's he's he's laser focused. But at the last minute his better nature takes over, just like it did back with Zeton, which 
was the first of the six monsters needed to bring back Orochi in the first place. So, throughout this entire plan, the one thing that's been getting in his way is himself. And I like that that was kind of the point of his story, which we don't find right. out. We get that he's acting weird, that something's up, and he's jealous of Guy. But when you think about it, you know, in order to be an Ultraman candidate, at some point, he had to have been a slightly good person, at least. Or he might have mm-hmm. wanted to be a good person. So the fact that Guy not just gets the power of Ultraman, but that Guy gets to be the hero. He gets to be all shining, giant of light. He gets to be the good guy. And it's Ooh. like, Juggler mm-hmm. wanted to be the good guy. But that was taken right. from him. So mm-hmm. he's like, oh, okay, I'm going to be the bad guy. But deeper down the side, it's like, you're not a bad guy, though. And he's just like this angry teenager putting on a front. Like, I'll show you. You think I'm not good enough. But his heart is telling him, like, you don't have to do this. And I like how that plays out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> really well done. I, I, I like his his motivation throughout the show. Or his, his plot throughout the show, anyway. Yeah, um, for sure. Uh, Kitty, did you... Did you already comment on this final arc? No, I haven't. I've been trying to kind of collect my thoughts listening to all of you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I liked, I liked, I liked it overall. Like, I mean, I was pretty met about you know certain parts. I, I've you know listed a lot of them, um, but by the end, I I found it I found it quite enjoyable, and I felt I. I felt like even though I didn't have a lot of the answers that I wanted, I was pretty at peace with all of it. Mm -hmm. The only thing that I wanted was I wanted to know whether or not, like, Guy was the father of Natasha's children Mm. or, like, what? Like, I just, I wanted to know because I wanted to know whether or not I was rooting for Naomi and Guy to make out. Like, I knew it wasn't going to happen, but there was a part of me that's like, guys, we've been working towards this. And I mean, I understand he's been around for hundreds of years. Like, I get it. Okay, that's fine. Like, he can't just, like, walk around getting with the new young chicks. Like, that's a little weird. But, like... Wolverine does Exactly. And there you go. And so, like, there's... But see, I think... What she's talking about, too, is, like, the Captain America situation, uh-huh. where he's like, I promise Peggy this one dance, yeah. then about four movies <laughs> later, he's going out yeah. with her yeah. niece, or her granddaughter yeah. or something. No, but, like... And it's like, that's It's, that's it's not just that. It's, it's if it was not only... If it was his if, Exactly. Yeah. His offspring as well. That's the line that I don't feel like crossing. Yeah. And so, like, <laughs> there are other lines I'm like, ah, well, you know... We can. It's weird, but you know what? I can accept it. Um, but that that line of "This is part of my one of my descendants, and I'm going to make out with them." <laughs> like I, I don't, I don't want that. Yeah. But I kind of wanted for Guy and Naomi to like have a big romantic kiss at the end because I felt like that was mm-hmm. what it was working towards, and then they didn't. And I was, a, I, I know, I know it's a kid show. I know that's not what they're going to do, but I wanted it. I really did. I felt a certain build towards it, and I I wanted it to happen. Mm. But yeah. yeah, 
I think it's only happened, what, once in Ultimate? Yeah. That I can think of. Yeah. Don't tell me the odds. <laughs> I mean, isn't that a problem somebody had with Yuri on Ice? Why would that Where, Why would that a problem? Why I'm talking about like the relationship wasn't as explicit or yeah. explained. Or, like, apparently there's a lack of payoff in a lot of Japanese I completely disagree stuff. with the Yuri on Ice thing. I love that oh, it was okay. not... Let I mean, me just say, I haven't seen it. This is just what I've heard. It's so beautiful. I have feelings about it. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't get me started on Yuri on Ice. I am like... <laughs> I love love that anime. I have opinions on it. Um, beautiful. I have a question I for people. Cried. What's up? I have a question for people. For you. So, like, um, when the show, when all the promo material starts coming out, it heavily emphasized that the story revolved around Naomi. It was like, you know, she sees a giant of light in her dreams. Guy resembles a giant of light. She's the leader of the SSP. Every character description was related to her in some way. And mm-hmm. that really made me think, are we about to get, like, a, a, a tokusatsu series aimed at probably young boys with a female lead? And mm-hmm. I'm still kind of unsure as to whether or not she was the main character. So I kind of just wanted to hear what you guys thought. Well, that was kind of like when we were talking about, you know, her role earlier, that was kind of what sort of brought that on was that so much of the promotional material was about her. So mm-hmm. I was under the impression that she would have a bigger focus. And then when I saw that she, she was, you know, she was a focus, but she wasn't like, I don't know. She, I guess it was. It wasn't. She wasn't the matching. sole focus. Yeah, she wasn't. The she sole had focus. to share time with Guy, and a big part of it was the fact that Guy was a big mystery. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. Naomi was just, she was a person, and you didn't mm-hmm. have to like guess that much at her past, except for in the one part where it related to Guy. But yeah. it was like watching her move forward and wanting to watch him move backward. There was kind of a mm-hmm. conflict there, and like which of those stories was more interesting, and the yeah. fact that we're talking about an episodic series, where just by its nature, some episodes are gonna like pick a focus, and right, yeah. So I feel I feel where you're coming from, where it's like it's it's kind of if you weren't told, you might not assume that she's the main character. I feel like like she shares top billing with guy is my feeling. Mm-hmm. I think he he very much eclipsed her. And I I feel like also to a certain extent, Natasha very much eclipsed Naomi. Uh, like a lot. As far as like her importance to the story or as like the screen time she got? Honestly, kind of both. Like, mm. I mean, obviously it doesn't make sense for the screen time one. But I felt like I kept seeing this. I think it like because it was the same clips of Natasha over and over again. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was just seeing I, maybe not ad nauseum, but like I feel like I saw way more of Natasha than I needed to, and I felt like you know as much as Naomi was a big part of you know. Um, him getting his form back it was still natasha who like handed him the card like mm. you know like oh, yeah. she got that moment so it it i felt like it it had a lot less to do 
with Naomi than it should have. And I didn't see any of the promotional material, but yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to like just be like, boom, mic drop. I kind of of agree with that though, because early on it really, I didn't think about it that deeply, but it did feel like in the early episodes, she, even if she's kind of pushed to the side as far as the main action goes, it feels like she is very much the main character. But as things go on, it kind of feels like she's more like a catalyst for other characters. Exactly. Which is not a bad place to be. It just kind of sucks that she was the one main female character and all she was really was a catalyst for these other mostly male characters. Like, that made me kind of sad. That's probably one of my biggest disappointments with the show. But, yeah. you know, it's still not enough to deter me too much from, like, really, really loving it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here's a question. Here's so, an answer. So Naomi knew that he was Ultraman the whole time? I don't know if it was the whole not time. Not the whole time. Not she, the whole time. She had to have known yeah. by the time, like, like he whisked her out of the hospital. Commissioner Gordon Batman I think, things. I think she knew from the first time that he... Like picked her up and they flew through the sky. Well, that's the whole time then. Because like was the first episode, you know, they fl- they flew through the sky. <laughs> yeah, that was the first episode, so it had to be the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Going yeah. going into the last episode, I was thinking they haven't had the big reveal yet. Please tell me she already knows. Yeah, I was mm. wondering because I was like, "There's no way that they didn't know." But uh, I feel like that's one of those things that sometimes in like superhero comics. There are characters who, like, you know, know, but they either respect the character too much or the writers Mm -hmm. just don't feel like exploring that part of it. Like Commissioner Mm -hmm. Gordon in Batman, and, like, he sees Bruce Wayne one day at a function and Bruce Wayne's got all these bruises on his face. And just out of respect for his privacy, he's like, "Uh uh-huh, okay, Bruce, how was that ski trip? Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, I see you, I see you. And, like, how Perry White, Clark Kent is always gone, and it's like he gets those articles done on Superman really fast. Like, okay, Clark, you, yep. you, you keep doing that. I'm going to just leave you alone. I feel like yeah. Naomi mm-hmm. was just kind of like playing that. Because, you know, mm-hmm. the episode where uh, I think Jetta thinks that Shibukawa is Ultraman, Naomi yeah. doesn't get into that conversation at all. Because, like, you know, yeah. she doesn't need to. I feel like she yeah. knows. And she just doesn't bother him about it or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, as long as like you that. do the good stuff, as long as you mm-hmm. save us, I'm going to leave that alone. Yeah, <laughs> it's really interesting to see a tokusatsu actually do that because you know they often highlight the moments where people find out the identities of the heroes. Yeah. So, and um, that's another reason I like the show a lot. It's it's trying something we ha- really haven't seen in a in a hero tokusatsu before. It was very subtly mm-hmm. too, which is really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Uh. So, uh, any final thoughts on the show? Um. It was a lot better than Ultraman X, like so much better. Um, oddly enough, though, Ultraman, like Orb and X, are the only tokusatsu I have finished since they've aired. I really need to catch up on Kamen Rider and uh, Sentai and stuff, but I really liked Orb. I'm really looking forward to the next show. Uh, Kitty, mm. any final thoughts? Weird way to enter Ultraman, <laughs> but. Not bad. Cool. Nick? Um, 
I feel like the listeners are kind of tired of my shtick at this point. But whatever. Watch more Ultraman, <laughs> kids. It's better than whatever else you're watching. But no, I mean, I feel like this is a, this is a good time to get into Ultraman. Uh, you know, Orb was a slow burner, but it's a good show. And I like that it tries some things we haven't seen. And it may stumble, but that's what happens when you try new things out. So, mm-hmm. you know, give it a chance. Give X a chance. Give Mabius a chance. Give Nexus a chance. Watch more Ultraman, please, and thank you. So I have some people to talk to, because I have nothing to say about Ryder and Sentai anymore. I just, I just don't. Just nothing. Yeah. It's, it's boring. Mm-hmm. It's bad. Sorry. No offense. Yeah, watch more Ultraman, kids. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was an awesome show. Um, still on the fence. I, I I love Ultraman X, but I do think that this was a lot better of a show. Like it, it's one of the, it's, this is the kind of show where you can rewatch over and over again. You probably still get some stuff out of it. Yeah, uh, nice. Um, yeah, I love the show, and I, I actually can't wait to see the uh, origin saga. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think mm-hmm. it's. It's supposed to be coming. Uh, it's already airing on Amazon Prime, but it's supposed to have English translations soon. In the spring, supposedly. Spring. Okay. Cool. So, yeah, I can't wait to see that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was another episode of the Tokenet Podcast. I would like to thank my gracious hosts. Thank you, guys. You you thank welcome. you. And Nick. He's very quiet over there. Hmm, what are we saying? There he is. Oh, uh, <laughs> thank you. Is that we're at the thank you part? I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. Don't know. But yeah, uh, we shall see you next time. Goodbye. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening to the Tokenet Podcast, the official podcast of the Tokusatsu Network. If you like what you hear, drop us a rating and a review on either iTunes or Stitcher. It helps others find our podcast and also helps support the show. For more from Team Tokenet, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, and we're always available on our website at tokusatsunetwork.com. <laughs>